Well, we have uh, been going through this journey through uh, the book of Acts. Uh, we are coming uh, to the last couple weeks here as we, we wind up this series uh, headed into uh, Christmas. Um, and it has been uh, a pretty rich uh, conversation that we've been able to have, uh, looking at uh, the story of the gospel gone viral, where we move through uh, the, the founding of the church as the, the Spirit comes and dwells among his people, forming this new community. Uh, we see here Paul being commissioned to, to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And, and he and Barnabas set out uh, from the church in Antioch uh, for this mission to the Gentiles. He's traveling from town to town, planting churches and encouraging the churches it's not going unnoticed. It, it, it causes problems. It stirs things up. The gospel is either accepted or it is rejected. And when it's rejected, it can be rejected in quite violent ways, as, as Paul finds out as he is uh, in front of an angry crowd that is stoning him. We see the, the reality of this, this the humanness of this church, where, where things like conflict between Barnabas and Paul caused them to, to split and go separate directions. We see, we see Silas joining Paul in this missionary work, and, and then later we see Timothy joining in, who has a, a Jewish mother and a Greek father, and the, the, the two families coming together with Timothy and this new ministry that Timothy has. In chapter 16, we, we got to dig in and look at uh, Paul going in a direction that he thought he wanted to go, but was redirected. He faced these setbacks, these, these discouragements. He wanted to go east into Asia. And if you remember from a couple weeks ago, he, he was stopped from going east because the doors kept closing. He went on to Troas, 300 miles in the wrong direction. And he had this vision to go to Macedonia, which was even further west, away from the direction that he wanted to go. Paul thought he had a plan. Paul thought he knew what was next. Paul thought he knew what was around the corner and where he wanted to go. But, but there were these constant setbacks steering him into a different direction. And so then he travels west and gets to a place called Philippi in the province of Macedonia. And there we find him going to a place of prayer. And he sees some women there, notably this woman named Lydia, this woman from the fashion industry. And, from all, and, and of all places, she is from Asia. And here is this woman, Lydia, who is listening intently to what Paul has to say about Jesus, and she believes. She's a Gentile woman, but she's in this place of prayer, and God opens her heart to respond to Paul's message. And we've seen this theme over and over in Acts, where the gospel is spreading, transcending any kind of cultural barrier transcending any kind of, of known power structure. In Acts chapter 7, we see the church going not just in Jerusalem, but being scattered because of persecution. A, what appeared to be a setback is used to spread the gospel. 
In Acts chapter 8, the gospel spreads to the Samaritans. In Acts chapter 9, the enemy of the gospel, Paul, is converted. In Acts chapter 10, the Gentile Cornelius is converted. And so we see the spreading of the gospel, and it's creating this new family. It's creating this new community. And at the end of the story with Lydia, we see Paul and his entourage accepting the hospitality of this Jewish woman in this place of Philippi. And this is the start of the church in Philippi. And it's this Philippian church that will become an important financial partner for Paul in the future, specifically funding his trip into Asia, where he wanted to go in the first place. And so what appeared to be setbacks, what appeared to be going in the wrong direction or, or taking steps backwards, were really steps forward in a more effective ministry later. And so is that not encouraging for us? When we see setbacks, when things are not going as we thought they should be going, knowing that this can be an opportunity for more effective ministry later. Now all of that is just a review to get us to where we're going to be today. Through the remaining narrative of Acts into the end of the, the book, we find Paul being falsely accused, of Jew, uh, accused by the Jewish leaders. He's put on trial in a Roman court, and knowing that he had no chance of a fair trial, he appeals to Caesar in chapter 25. And so through the end of the book, we see step by step Paul making his way toward Rome for this trial in front of Caesar. And at the end of the book, we see Paul arrest, on house arrest awaiting this trial. It's during this Roman imprisonment, which once again looks like a setback, that Paul authors some of the most important letters of all time. One of these letters is to this dear church in Philippi. And it's there that I want to spend this morning, especially in this, this time of transition, as we, we have guests here from ACS, and as we're, we're looking into this new season of ministry, I want to read some of Paul's letter, as we've been looking at the context that has, has been building up to where Paul was at in Philippi. And so we're simply going to read through a bulk of Philippians this morning. And so imagine yourself being this church, this church that started with Lydia, this person of the fashion industry, being converted, hearing the gospel, accepting the gospel. And so you are a part of this church that has formed in this place. It started off as just a prayer meeting by the river. And this is the message that Paul has sent. So hear these words from Paul. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. 
being confident of this, that, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's right for me to feel this way about you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what's best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that that what has happened to me actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And and because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It's true that, that some preach Christ out of, the, out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of, the self, out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble with me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you, again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound 
on account of me. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the Spirit, striving together as one in faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been, it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Therefore, if you have any encouragement by being united with Christ, if there's any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. And do nothing out of selfish ambition, nothing out of vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you the interests of the others. In your relationship with one another, Have the same mindset as Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evidence to all. The Lord is near, so do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and by 
petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you all. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. And so do not be anxious about anything. Whatever your circumstance, whatever your disappointment, whatever looks like a setback and a discouragement, Paul says, from prison in Rome, do not be anxious, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And so that's what we're going to spend our time doing now in our time of prayer. We want to send, take our prayer requests to God. And so we'll have shepherds down front. We have uh, life group leaders who are around. This is a time for us to, to move around the room and pray with one another. And so if you have a prayer request, if you have a need for prayer, seek out um, someone this morning, a friend, a leader, someone in class, someone in your life group, someone in your family, seek somebody out, and let's pray together this morning. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your words for us. We thank you that setbacks are not the end, that new seasons of ministry are available. God, would you continue to give us peace and joy and hope that we will not be anxious, that we will present everything to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.